So there's not many leadership teams in the crypto community that are worse than Bitcoin Cash. Uh, maybe Tron or some shit, real shit coins. <laughs> <Yes. but. laughs> Welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. I'm Brent Philbin, and we have another interview for you today. Today, we're talking with Marius Kramer. Now, Marius is the fund manager for the primary fund at the Ember Fund. Remember, they're emberfund.io. You'll remember that we had an episode with them a couple of months ago. I reached out to Alex, and their, their CEO, and said, listen, can we talk with Marius, the person who runs the fund? And he said, absolutely, brought him in. So while that episode was compensated, this one is not. And it's important to understand that we were compensated for part of this ecosystem, but not this part. So understanding our biases is extremely important. This episode is going to be very interesting because Marius gives us insight into his thoughts, how he became the number one crypto contributor on Quora. And he even gives us the quick one sentence thought on every single coin in the top 100 of CoinMarketCap and even goes as far as the 200. So stay tuned towards the end of the episode for that. I think that you're going to enjoy this one. It's a little bit shorter. I think it's about 40 minutes of an interview for us. And it's got a lot of good nuggets in there. So sit back, drink your coffee, don't relax, get fired up. It's time for the Crypto Basic Podcast. All right, so welcome to the show, Marius. I didn't even ask you if that's how I pronounced it. That is the correct way to pronounce your name, right? Yeah, Marius. Marius is the best. One. Okay, perfect. Well, well, thank you for coming on the show. You're where are you calling in from, or, or where are you coming Germany. from? Germany. Uh, locally, Germany. Okay, cool. Which which city specifically? And you're Stuttgart, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, I I I work with a guy named Colin Stuckert, whose family is uh, from there. They, their name was derived from Stuttgart, so that's pretty cool. So. Uh, welcome to the show. Now that we know where you're from or where you're calling in from, tell us about you, what you do, and we're going to get into the specifics of that, but I kind of want to know your version of your story and how you got up to where you are now. Um, so I have started to, I was very um, angry always when I saw a new coin popping up from somewhere like uh, Request Network or Pearl, and I didn't know what it was doing. So I did a lot of research and I made a summary of all the top 100 coins. That was back in end of uh, beginning of 2018. And I published that on Reddit and it got 40,000 views and 1,000 upvotes. And I liked writing about crypto. So I kept writing about it on Reddit, but somehow you don't get a followership or a good following on Reddit. So I was looking for other platforms and I started to write on Quora. And um, pretty quickly, I rose to the top 10 of cryptocurrency writers. And shortly after that was the number one crypto writer. And yeah, now I'm getting several million views every month on crypto topics. And also sometimes other topics that I like writing about, like astronomy, medicine, science, climate science, psychology, but mostly crypto. So that would basically make you the top contributor on Quora for crypto, right? There's got to be nobody getting more than that. Yeah, I'm the number one worldwide on Quora, on crypto, Bitcoin, blockchain, Ethereum, yeah, digital currencies, yeah. That is awesome. So how did that lead to you being part of the Ember Fund and what they're doing? 
Um, they just wrote me, hey, Maris, uh, we're reaching out to influencers now. We just launched our product. And I, th I thought it was super cool because, um, yeah, it's just very simple. And it, it makes crypto much more accessible because it's not accessible right now. It's very difficult. Uh, you have to sign up to exchanges and figure out all the limit orders, buy order, sell order, uh, market order, and uh, funding it with Bitcoin and everything and KYC. And it's a huge hurdle for most uh, people. And with Emberfund, it's just uh, sending a Bitcoin there and then you just buy a whole crypto portfolio of three coins that are pre-vetted by experts such as uh, by me. And yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. And we, yeah, started working together. Okay, so 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 they reached out to you. They, they came to you with this because of your research. You mentioned a coin that is kind of has a funny, not funny, I guess it's not funny because it's bad, but the Oyster Pearl, we've covered their scam and the, the, the what is that guy's name, Bruno Blocks that, that kind of exit scammed on them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that were, was, did you uh, catch that in the beginning? You mean there was a scam in the beginning? Well, no, not in the beginning, but I don't know if that was one of the coins where you're like, I don't know, guys, you might want to be careful with this one. There's a couple of red flags or... Um, I didn't really, I had a, a small bag of pearl, but not so big. But yeah, the, the red flag was that the team was anonymous, and that's never good. <laughs> and yeah, then the scam happens. Yeah, I mean, but the Bruno guy, he it's good in says, Bitcoin. hey... It's good in Bitcoin to have a, an anonymous contributor. Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't pick um, other smaller projects that are completely anonymous. Especially if they have control over the funds in some way. It's not yeah, like... And, yeah. It's and not if, like Satoshi is... And if they're raising money through an ICO and everything, so you want to be more careful. Right. So walk me through your kind of quick version of your research process. So what I really liked is when I looked at the four coins that you had when we had Alex on the show from Everfund, mm. yeah, you had three coins that I have already looked at, really like, own myself, and a fourth coin that I didn't know, which was Dent. But mm. most people wouldn't have picked those four coins as the four that they were going to use for their fund or what they're doing. So what does your research process look like there? And how did you come up with choosing those? It's actually very simple. Well, the process is that, that my standards are extremely high, astronomically high. And only if you can match those standards, then I'm going to pick you as a coin. And that standard is having at least 1 million users and hopefully at least 10 million users. Or being infinitely scalable and infinitely decentralized as a blockchain. And there's only like 5 to 6 to 7 coins that match that criteria. And this is bad with 80 million downloads and probably 20 million monthly active users. Then with 20 million registered users. And then Engine with their huge partnership with uh, Samsung. And Engine is now on um, 80 million Samsung Galaxy S10 devices, which have been shipped so far with the Knox uh, crypto wallet. Nobody knows how many users actually use this wallet, but it's probably a couple hundred thousand or a million and it can be very easily be 10 times that um, once there is more updates coming to the uh, crypto wallet on Samsung, et cetera, et cetera. That's pretty much it. And then you just have a few blockchains, which are QuarkChain and um, IOTA, which are near infinitely scalable and near infinitely decentralized. Because for every node that is added to the network, they become more decentralized and more scalable. And this characteristic is very rare in crypto and only IOTA 
and Quarkchain really have that. IOTA not yet, but once they launch Cordicide, this is supposed to be how it's going to work. So Quarkchain right now is kind of the only one that is um, becoming more decentralized the more it grows and more scalable. And yeah, so this is kind of only five coins right now. And then there's a few other ones coming up, such as Nexo, which have lent uh, $500 million in crypto funds to people. And um, this is kind of almost 10% of the whole money that is in crypto right now. Because there was a large study done by JP Morgan that uh, found out that for every $1 million you, that is put into crypto, the whole market cap rises by $50 million. Um, oh, interesting. So for every dollar, it rises by 50x. Uh, by $50. So right now we are, we are at $250 billion. That means there is around um, $5 billion is in crypto right now. The money that has flown into crypto is around $5 billion. And Nexo has contributed 10% of that. So that's why Nexo is a huge deal. And they might become a multi-billion dollar company next year. Um, just not not just with a crypto market cap, but with the general real company market cap, and they're already making twenty million dollars in revenue every year, and I think they're actually number one with that. Maybe Bats could be at that level as well, but otherwise there is no one else there. And then there's B and B, of course, which is also uh, they also have a million users or several million with uh, with with the Binance Exchange. But yeah, apart from that, there's not so many. Other coins that have lots of traction. Uh, Theta as well with 1 million users on their um, streaming service. But um, yeah. So the whole 5,000 cryptocurrencies, that sounds so huge as a, <laughs> as a group of cryptocurrencies. Which one should you pick? It's actually, you only, there's only like eight ones that are extremely good. And I would only invest in those eight. Interesting. So I noticed you didn't mention Bitcoin. So most people that I would have on the show, if they were picking their five coin portfolio or whatever, they would start with Bitcoin and then they would pick the rest. So what are your thoughts on why you would not include Bitcoin in the portfolio or at least in those coins that you believe are, you know, great targets for uh, the future of blockchain? And well, I guess not blockchain because IOTA is a DAG, but the the future of distributed ledger technology. But um DAGs are also blockchains because blockchains are DAGs, but they only have one child, whereas DAGs have many childs. Blockchain is also DAG, but only one child DAG. Oh, okay. <laughs> Most people, they don't think about that. I, I, yeah, I always c- consider them different in my mind. Yeah, they are different, of course, because they are an end child. So IOTA is an end child DAG, and blockchains are a one child DAG, so to speak. So there's definitely a difference, but in the end, they're still DAGs. So anyway, back to the, uh, even though I got off topic with DAG there, what is kind of your thought behind not including Bitcoin as one of the coins in the portfolio or the coins that you just listed? I've been very anti-Bitcoin for the whole last year because they were not scalable at all. We hit the complete transaction limit three times already this year where the transactions shot up to $6. They were not decentralized at all because of all the uh, mining pool centralization. And they used huge amounts of energy. But I finally, I think I changed my tune a little bit with the announcement of the new protocol that wants to get rid of mining pools and wants to make solar mining possible again. So that way, Bitcoin would finally be decentralized in a way. And it might also become scalable once the 
blockchain community is okay with increasing the block size limit maybe to 10 MB instead of 4 MB that it is right now or 20 MB, that would already, very, already be very sufficient. And I think in a year or two, the Lightning Network will pick up. So this will help scalability as well. And then there's only the mining energy left. And I think there might also be a solution there. So now I am more pro-Bitcoin. And um, also in terms of just the market, there is so much power or buying power behind Bitcoin, especially from institutional investors, that I am now more open to having Bitcoin in a portfolio. Um, but I, I wasn't a fan of that at all um, since the beginning of the year. But in the last couple of months, we have seen how strong Bitcoin just can be. So now it would also be recommendable to have a portion of Bitcoin in the portfolio, 50% um, or less or more, depending on how much risk you want to take, of course. So your your thoughts on that echo mine. And when we started this podcast, I was... 0% Bitcoin in my portfolio echoed everything that you said. And then I've gone through that same journey of kind of loosening up to Bitcoin where I was just like, you know what? That network really, really matters. The, the network effect is important. And I didn't even know about what you just said about the, about the solo mining happening. If that eliminates one of the key pieces yeah. of the pseudo centralization that Bitcoin's going through, that, that's a big check mark in that direction. Yeah, so that finally tipped me over the edge, so to speak. But before that, with, with no solution to mining centralization and Bitcoin not being able to scale above 11 transactions per second, I didn't see any way that this could be successful in the coming bull market. But now that they have opened up to finally acknowledging and finding a solution to mining pool centralization, I also think that they might not be completely opposed to increasing the block size limit once there is really lots of transactions going on and it's there's still no other way. I don't think they would be as opposed to it at that point because now the team has convinced me behind Bitcoin that they want to change things. They want to improve things. They see the flaws and they don't uh, sweep it under the carpet anymore. There's another piece of that puzzle that I think is important. Even though you didn't mention Bitcoin and you have some good thoughts towards Bitcoin and one of those is the block size increasing what you didn't do is tell me that bitcoin cash was a good alternative so you were kind of out on both of those until you softened up a little bit to bitcoin is that an accurate thing to say well bitcoin cash is relevant to me because the leadership is as incapable as possible <laughs> so there's not many leadership teams in the crypto community that are worse than bitcoin cash uh, maybe tron <laughs> Or some shit, real shit coins, but, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but if you don't, if you don't have good leadership and professionalism, and um, you know how to lead a community, and you only have bullshit leadership and toxic leadership, and trying to, you know, like in kindergarten where you're trying just trying to be a bully, you you can never build a successful business like that. Listen, there is a worse leadership than Bitcoin Cash, and it's Bitcoin SV. So let's be let's be clear yeah. here. I, they are not even on my radar. <laughs> yeah, they don't even exist. Yeah. Again, I really love it when I kind of am aligned with people who are choosing what to invest in for large sums of money because sometimes because of the way the social presence is with Tron or something like EOS, I, I feel like I might be in the minority. 
but I'm pretty confident in the way I look at things and the way I investigate them. And now to have the number one researcher on Quora aligned with what I'm thinking, now I'm pretty much just going to have an even bigger ego than I already did. So I appreciate that. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you do engage in some trading over the course of managing the fund. So with with Ember Fund, when you send a trade through to either rebalance the portfolio or to add a new coin, what is your thought process behind that? Do you use like the charting and the indicators and the triangles and stuff, or do you have more of a fundamental approach to that? It's a mix of all. I think it's maybe 70% fundamentals and 30% uh, technical analysis. So basically it's... Uh trying to catch the next pump and selling at the top, which is like the most basic trading um, strategy, but it's kind of also the only one that I would do. Of course, there are some more refined trading strategies where sometimes there's an announcement and, um, and you know that it could pump by 100%, so you got to wait for that. But um, the Ember Fund is not really for day trading because most people also don't want to do that. Um, it's more for, let's say, midterm trading. So we do a trade every three to four to five weeks. And um, yeah, so we're picking kind of the best approach between just holding and day trading. And if, you, if you're listening to this episode and you didn't listen to the Ember Fund episode, go back and listen to that so you can understand what we mean when we're talking about it because it was pretty unique as not being custodial. They don't hold your money as a fund. They simply send you what the trend what you should do with your own money and you accept or decline it which is which is a pretty cool way to run things um and every four or five weeks is now that i'm thinking about my own personal portfolio that sounds about like what i do if you ask me what a price is on a daily basis i don't know but i know once i research and learn about one of the few coins that i'm interested in adding to my portfolio i do that but it only happens once a month once every couple of months or something like that so so i can totally see where where you're at with that and that is the kind of trading that i can get behind like the real active stuff is tough have you done any active trading like real technical stuff in your own personal portfolios sometimes yeah sometimes i do trade day trading okay but it doesn't happen that often either maybe once every two weeks once a week but once, sometimes there's a shitcoin pump, and I chase it, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But it's not really so, worth the stress. I only do it when, when I'm like, I have the time, and I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, let's do this. I'm up for some fun. But it's not really worth it uh, <laughs> in, in the long run, especially for the last couple of months. It's, there have not been so many pumps. But, um, yeah, that could change, uh, change again soon. Interestingly, there have been 10, 50% pumps on Binance throughout the whole last five days so out season might be coming back we don't know but um things are looking a bit more green again after this long period of altcoin winter i have a different view of alt season than i think a lot of people and you may be aligned with this so i'm gonna i'm gonna tell it i'm gonna say it quickly and then see if you kind of agree or disagree i see it as more it's gonna be an alt season for a very few small number of coins and the rest are going to continue to get hurt and they're, they're going to close up shop after they run out of their ICO funds. And we're going to see soft exit scams left and right, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think so. But still, we, ha- we have had several shitcoin pumps on Binance the last uh, couple of days. So 
Mm, well, <laughs> I think in the long run, yes. Maybe over the next six months, we will not see shit coins growing equally with other coins. And then there's only going to be the, the bats and the dents and the, the engines that are going to grow. Um, but I think until then, there might still be quite some shitcoin pumps going around because the whales, they make too good money of that. So they love pumping a, a low set coin and then just selling to the newbies. I don't know if that's ever going to come out of fashion. I think yes, for most coins, but I, th- I still think there's going to be some coins that are just <laughs> going to get pumped and dumped. Yeah, well, I mean, there's tons of pump groups, right? And we have a Discord server for the for the podcast, yeah. and constantly we're getting messages. And we have a little part of the Discord chat where we post the screenshots of all the people that send scammy pump group direct messages to you. Mm. And those groups exist. So some of it is a self-fulfilling fulfilling prophecy. If you know that a certain indicator is going to cause a group of a 1,000 people to do the same thing, then, of course, you can make decisions based on that, uh, which is which is interesting. But it's so... So tough to beat the fees. So now that we kind of we we talked a little bit about active trading. Well, last time we had Ember Fund on the show, the the fund that you were managing was Litecoin, Engine, Bat, and Dent. Is it still those four coins, or did you add or subtract any? We have taken out Engine, and we have gone into Bitcoin. It was three weeks ago. Oh, okay. Like I said, Bitcoin looks very strong right now, and I'm very certain that. Towards the end of the year, we will see Bitcoin crossing its, its um, ATH, 20K. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So you're, th- you're seeing that as a near future thing or just like eventually it will definitely go there? Uh, this year. I'm very certain that it's going to cross it this year. Oh, wow. By the end of the year. Okay. Hmm. I mean, that'd be great for our listeners. We've seen 14K like nothing. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. just spit distance from 20K. So the next run up... Very likely that it's going to cross 20k. Okay, so I, that's a prediction I can get behind. I hope I hope that happens. And again, a portion of my portfolio is definitely dedicated to to yeah. Bitcoin. If you were not listening to our podcast and you were trying to find one of your favorite resources for starting your research for like a non kind of scammy outlet, where would you kind of start to learn about a new coin that you might want to research? I would just search on Reddit and Google. And that's it, basically. When you're searching Google, do you kind of... What what I tend to do is I type in the coin, try to get the TLDR, look at the white paper, and then I type in yeah. the coin's name with scam and try to find the people that are saying the bad stuff. Yeah, true. That's what Reddit's for, because in Reddit there's a lot of hate, which is good. <laughs> that that is, that is exactly a, a way to describe Reddit. You'll definitely find a lot of hate there. That's good, uh, because... In the last bull run, everybody's been super positive. Oh, it's going to be, it's a hidden gem, whatever, blah, blah. But the tune has completely changed. And now investors have matured. And they try to shoot down everything. And only if you cannot shoot it down however much you want it, then it's actually a good coin. And that's how it should be. I, yeah, I agree. It's, the ICOs or IEOs or, or STOs, whatever you want to call them, are definitely driving a lot of that thought. Because, again, from, from the back end for us, for the podcast, we get offers constantly to have ICOs pay us to come on the show or IEOs or new coins mm. pay us to come on the show to kind of get their notoriety out there. And I would say my ratio of talking to anybody versus telling them no is probably 40 to 1. Oh, wow. I, I tell almost everybody no that's interested in coming on the show. So 
but it's out there and there are a lot of different media brands and there are a lot of different YouTubers and there are a lot of Mm -hmm. different podcasts even that'll have everybody on the show that'll pay them Mm -hmm. and consider it entertainment. And you know what? Do your own research as to whether these people are actually real or not. And I think that that's a lot of the the, kind of bad, how something like Tron ends up getting as high as it does or, or Mm -hmm. something like substratum even existed or something like that. Mm -hmm. So what, what's something that, I don't know enough to ask you that would be interesting to the listeners about what you do with either Ember fund or about what you do on your own for researching and stuff like that. Hmm. I'm not sure about which topic specifically. Do you have any ideas? Just anything that you might think of as like a, like, Oh, of course this people don't know this thing. And I wouldn't know to ask you, like, if you were a flight attendant, I wouldn't know to ask you, like, oh, or your bathroom's big or something like that. I don't know. I'm just picking that out of thin air. But if, is there... I can't come up with anything right now. Can you poke my brain a bit? Give <laughs> some more words. All right. So let me... I'll try to pin something down. What happens, like, have, when you're on Quora and you're going around and you're answering these questions, do you ever give negative information? Do you go on there and say things like, Tron is a scam, avoid it, or or maybe not Tron, because Tron may not be a scam. It might just be an annoying coin. Uh, but or substratum is a scam avoided, or oyster pearl is a scam avoided. Or uh, do you do any of that, or is it mostly just a- answering people's questions for like their wallets and stuff like that? I say that it, something is a scam often, not so often. Maybe um, let me look at the top hundred here. I can just go over the top hundred and and tell you everything about the, what I think about the top hundred. I think that's oh. Uh, if you can do, let's do that. I love I love the the quick one sentence version of all the coins in the top hundred. All right, Bitcoin. We talked about that. It's pretty pretty strong. Ethereum will be very interesting uh, because they launch uh, 2.0 in January, and I think we can see a thousand dollars Ethereum by the end of the year as well. And at that point, it will also be almost infinitely scalable and almost infinitely decentralized. So that should be pretty interesting. XRP could also be at a $1 billion market cap because they haven't done anything except having like a local branch uh, bank as a, t- a customer. They've bought MoneyGram, so I give them that. But we need to see how that's going to turn out. But still, $11 billion is way too overvalued. Bitcoin Cash is a shitcoin. <laughs> Half of the top 10 should not be there. Bitcoin SV, shit. EOS, centralized shitcoin. Litecoin, no development in nine months. Bitcoin Cash, toxic leadership. Yeah, that was brutal when I saw those yeah. those chats. I was like, man, that's so disappointing because Litecoin feels like it should just be like a... It, it It's better yeah. at being Bitcoin Cash than Bitcoin Cash is. Yeah, yeah. So there's only Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Binance Coin that really deserve to be in the top 10 and everyone else just doesn't deserve to be in there. And then there's Monero, which is good for a research project, but I don't see how they will ever get mass adoption. Because their, their technology can just be so easily copied. Stellar is just a copycat of XRP, and they have done 100 times, 100 times less than XRP, actually. Cardano is just proof of stake. It's not interesting at all. It's all right, but that's it. And then Unus S-E-D-L-E-O is a fun coin, I think. Tron is the same shit as EOS, even, but it has a more toxic leadership. So Tron and EOS are actually the most centralized. Look, it just has so. kidney stones right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he becomes a bit humble because of that. Dash is actually not so bad. Um, they're impervious to 51% attacks. And they're somewhat scalable. But I don't see how they will 
they don't have strong partnerships so much and not such good marketing. Ethereum Classic is that Tezos is pretty good in terms of decentralization, but it's not so scalable. It only scales to 300 TPS. Um, and they only have, the only solution to that is um, a Lightning Network. So I don't know. IOTA is <laughs> super interesting, um, and they might be the most scalable, the infinitely scalable blockchain DAC out there in three months once Core Decide launches. I'm really so, excited um, to see the Core Decide on that. Yeah, yeah, and I wrote a huge article about it, and you can find it on my Core Core Decide. Kramer. Chainlink is only has a has a blog post by Google, and they haven't even launched decentralized oracles after two years and 20 million dollars in funding i don't know why, <laughs> why it's why it's why it's there neo is actually the most centralized blockchain with six nodes of which um no 10 nodes of which six are owned by neo but they want to launch 2.0 3.0 maybe have sharding i don't know we'll see maker actually is super strong stablecoin cosmos some binance io i don't know they haven't done anything NEM is dead. Ontology is all right. USD coin, stablecoin, cryptocom. I don't know what they're doing. Zcash. Um, they have, I think, only like a couple hundred transactions per day, so nobody uses it. V Systems. It's a pump and dump coin, I think. Dogcoin. I love Dogcoin. It's always going to be there. Decred is not so bad, but they have zero <laughs> marketing. V Chain. Oh, super strong coin. They closed the biggest partnership in crypto with Walmart, the Fortune 1 company. Basic attention token, 80 million users, absolute bomb. I think it will be in the top 10 or top 5 by next year. Quantum, uh, they have some good consensus algorithm, I think. Pretty good. Hedge, uh, hedge trade, I think is also the pump down coin. Huobi token, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, Exchange token, Bitcoin Gold is a scam, Paxos, True USD, stablecoins. Omisa Go is dead. Ravencoin is pretty good. They actually launched 20,000, um, they issued 20,000 decentralized assets on their, on their blockchain. It's not too bad actually, but it's not sh- sure to say how well they will do in the next year. Uh, Lisk, uh, they are super centralized and don't have any partnerships. Not so interesting. Nano, awesome technology, zero marketing. Algorand, Binance IO, it's not so bad actually. KuCoin shares, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Diamond. KuCoin shares is an exchange token again. Bitcoin Diamond is a, uh, is a scam. BitTorrent is a scam. Inside Chain is not too bad. Waves, uh, I forgot what they do. Energy is just POS chain. Icon, yeah, they are doing something like Cardano. It's just all right, but it's not so exciting. Holochain, I forgot to talk about those. Um, they might actually also be infinitely decentralized and scalable like IOTA. So watch oh, that. Interesting. But they, they had a, de- a, a delay in their holopod delivery. So that's why they dumped so hard. But they might do a 300% pump again soon, like they've done many times. Digibytes uh, is super boring. They don't have anything interesting. Theta has 1 million users. It's might, it might be the decentralized YouTube. And it actually has a YouTube founder as an advisor. So super, super awesome. Xerox is a protocol for dApps. Pretty cool. Pictures is dead. Augur has... 10 daily active users. Aurora, I think, is a scam coin. Lambda, I don't know. Bitcoin is a scam. Hypercash is a scam. Pandiax is dead. IOST has pretty cool technology. So we can see more from those. Komodo has... We just had their uh, one of their founders... I think their founder on the show. Oh, cool. Might have been might have been their chief technical officer. But so, yeah, they, yeah, they, they were interesting to listen. Komodo, some privacy chain is all right. Monacoin, I think, is a 
Oh, I forgot what they do. Some kind of credit card meme. Stuff. They're another meme coin. Yeah. Nash Exchange, own Exchange. It's all right. Byterm is dead. Coin has 10 competitors that do the same. Verge is a scam. Quant, probably a scam. <laughs> Dai, good stablecoin. Ingratia, scam. Made safe coins like Coin. Zilliqa, pretty good. But it's like a lighter version of blockchain. A bit of a weaker version. RIF token, don't know. Eternity, pretty good tech, but it's not as scalable, not as decentralized as the other coins that I mentioned before. Ardor is like lists. Status is uh, um, like an app that makes crypto more accessible, but I don't have many downloads. Steam is also dead. Metaverse, don't know. Ren, don't know. Walton Chain is like a weak version of that. Crypto.com. Wasn't there already Crypto.com? Yeah, they have like two coins. I don't know. What's interesting is they reached out to us to have them on the show, but their their credit card thing had such high fees that I've already talked so much smack about them that I'm not 100%. I don't know. I'm, I may have them on, but I think it might be kind of an adversarial interview. But yeah, I don't know why they have multiple coins. And one of them, you have to have so many of them to have different levels of their of their credit card or their debit card or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, they're kind of a, look kind of scammy. GX chain, also not too bad. Golem is like outsourced uh, computing power. Pretty good, but they have to show some traction. Zcoin is dead. One chain. They just had a 100% pump for some update for a partnership. Pump and dump. Engine super strong. Almost biggest partnership in crypto behind that. ABBC coin is a scam. Wax is a gaming coin, but no traction. Beam some kind of privacy. Elastos. They have pretty good tech, but they don't know about marketing, management, PR. So I'm not so confident that they won't make it. Grin is also some privacy coin. Tomo Chain, oh, I forgot what they do. Elf is also a computing coin. Nexo, 95. Oh, they're going to be top 10 next year, I think. They make so much money. Wow. They make so much money. It's absolutely crazy. Half a billion dollars of crypto loans they have given out. Soft, don't know. Syntax, don't know. Stratus, I think it's like Lisk and Project Pi. I think it wasn't too bad last time I looked at it. In fact, I'm don't know what they do anymore but so yeah that was a uh, top, top 100 and as you can see there's only like 10 good coins yeah the big takeaway there for me is that so many of those you're just like no nah, they're a scam they're dead they're whatever and and they're still in the top 100 so i think that that really speaks volumes to what may be happening in the future with these coins that are in the only in the top 200 or the top 300 or, or like they're really far down they're even less likely to be that would actually go quicker yeah but what did you want to say? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that, like, even as you get further down in the top 200, there might be one or two coins that are even worth looking at, and you need to do what you do, which is be the number one contributor on Quora to even figure that out. So it's so tough to navigate that field. So just we always caution: be very careful yeah. with like the low market cap projects, and you really got to do your research there to figure out what you're getting into and that kind of thing. Since we're coming close to the to the end time, rather than go over the next 200. I think what I would what I would ask you is what is what has you the most excited about blockchain adoption in the future rather than a specific project like for instance for me decentralized okay. autonomous first, organizations are really first, let's go over the top 200 it's just I mean, right. it's just 2 minutes because there's so much shit there <laughs> so we have then 20 million users pretty good project decentraland they were going to launch soon in a couple of months Electronium scam, Horizon scam, Reven dead, Digix.io, not too bad, Red Coins, gaming coin that is kind of dead, Nebulas, kind of interesting, but nobody knows what they're doing, Nulls is kind of all right, Odem, 
I think it's education, and they have $1 million in revenue. Cash is an exchange, like, and they belong to Loopring, I think. They're pretty interesting. Don't know Newton, Loom Network is all right. Carbon Network is, is an exchange. Digitex is like the BitMEX competitor, but they delayed the launch. Matic is a Binance IEO without traction. Enigma privacy, not so interesting. Cryptarium, Poplar's sentiments, they're all kind of zombies, not doing so much. And then there's not much interesting here. Quarkchain, Quarkchain is, is the only good one I see here. So Dent and Quarkchain is, is good, I would say. Then there's like Harmony also. Sorry, I forgot Harmony is almost as good as Quarkchain, I think. But then there's not much left here. Power Ledger is very strong. Theta Fuels, just a token. Celery Network. Funfair, they have some traction. Iodex. Mm. Metal, they have 20,000 users. Polymath. Next, Russell Coin, Dead, Dead, Civic, Gnosis, Vortex. <laughs> like, they don't have traction. <laughs> they don't have metrics. AI network is somewhat of a good blockchain. They don't have traction. Elrond, 10x, is, and it was exited as a scam. <laughs> so, yeah, there's only like Quarkchain, Harmony, and um, Dent in the top 200. And then the top 300, there's nothing anymore. Maybe I I feel like at that point, especially now that you kind of have to do an IEO and have a partnership with an exchange, it's really hard to even find a a coin outside the top hundred that has anything. So it it's a it's a tough atmosphere to to navigate. Syndicator, they have some users, they have maybe twenty thousand users. Poet is a very interesting publishing coin, so that would be the only one in the top three hundred that I would say this isn't this is somewhat interesting. But yeah, that's it. In the top three hundred you'll only have poets and Nothing else here, and that is... Yeah, and there was the whole top 300. There you go. We covered all 300 of the crypto projects in about eight minutes flat, and you got you know the, the quick version of what you need to know. So if you're looking yeah. at the future, like five years or something like that, what is the piece of blockchain technology that has you the most... Or the use, cl- use case, sorry, that has you the most excited? I think just the main case, the main use case, global currency, borderless, yeah. scalable, decentralized, impenetrable anonymous or somewhat anonymous super exciting and i'm also very excited about that revolutionizing privacy and advertisement i can tell you i use that as my daily driver on my uh for my browsers i'm using it now and in the beginning it was a little bit more buggy but they weren't a chromium skin before now that it's chromium skin like it it's basically just fine everywhere i go and it works it's amazing yeah all right so that's kind of basically towards the end of the episode. So can you tell us a little bit about where we can find you, where we can follow you? Any, I guess Quora would be the number one place? Yes, uh, just Quora. And have a look at my main answers. So you can search by most viewed answers, and there's several answers with a couple of main views. So it's always good to just start there and read my top 100 answers, and this is already gives you a very good overview of all of crypto within two hours. This might be the fastest way to get into crypto if you don't know anything. Is there anything else you want to add to the listeners? So that's a great way to get into crypto. So is this podcast. And is there anything else that they should know maybe about Ember Fund or about anything that you want to kind of give a shout out to before we exit? No, I think that's the important stuff. Ember Fund and Quora and your podcast, of course. <laughs> you only need those three <laughs> and you're going to succeed in crypto. That's it. No, that's and it. Reddit. That's all Let's you need. Say Reddit, Reddit. Don't look I, anywhere I else. Get all- well, we get all our stuff from Reddit, so. Yeah, most of it. <laughs> Especially our news episodes. I would say 80% of our news 
our, our news episode comes from Reddit, like just looking at what the top yeah, yeah. stories are and then reading the title and then talking about how the title is completely wrong and why <laughs> and what actually happened. Yeah, there's lots of fake news going around, but it's fun to dissect the information because it teaches you how you can think logically and how to think yep, critically. I agree with that 100%. Almost no one can do. And that's what you need to survive in crypto. All right, so thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for giving us the the rundown. Thank you for telling us about your thought process, how you make decisions. And remember, if you wanted to invest in the fund that Marius is running, you can do that on Ember Fund. We have still our referral link in the show notes. You can grab that anytime. It's also on the main page of our website. So check that out. And at some, my guess is I'm going to want to have you back on the show in like six months, like after the, the new year, and see how some of these predictions went. Oh, yeah. That, was, that should be interesting. I'm, I'm actually going to make um, some prediction posts soon where I'm predicting the whole price growth of Bitcoin for the next five or six years. Because I think it's going to max out at 180,000 in two years. Because um, every wow. time after the halfening, the price increased by 20x. And before the halfening, it, it increased by 3x. So we, we have already had a 3x now to 10,000. And now it should increase by 20x to around uh, 20,000, uh, 200,000. And um, yeah. Oh, and one interesting thing I can, think I can say is that when um, the Ember Fund was 100% up, everybody invested in it. <laughs> but now that it went down by 50%, nobody invested in it anymore. So it's buying high, selling low. But, of course, you know that you should always buy at the bottom. So now when it's down, people should actually invest right now instead of when it's up. But they're doing the opposite. But that's, right, how, exactly. that's how crypto is. All right. Thanks for being on the show. We'll talk to you again for checking out those uh, predictions, see how they work. And buy the Ember Fund now, I guess, because it's down. Yeah. Buy low, sell high. Right? <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, awesome. Marius. Thanks for having me and catch up in six months. Will do. Will do.